This is Personal Effects. I'm Alex. I'm Warren. In this episode, we talk to Johnny Henningsen. He is a Seattleite. He is a bartender. He's a musician. And he was kind enough to sit down with us and talk about a really sad day in his life and a really sad day in a lot of people in Seattle's lives. Yeah, May 30th, 2012. There was a mass shooting at a restaurant called Cafe Racer where he was a regular. It was basically his second home. Uh, not much else to set up, so here it is. Cafe Racer? Cafe Racer. He's saying there's a shooting had just occurred in there. Sir, and several people were shot. Sir? That's correct. Do we have an address? It's Roosevelt and Northeast 59th is all we've got. Cafe Racer? Yeah. from it um i used to go there absolutely every day several times a day generally <laughs> all my friends would eat there all my friends would work there all my friends would hang out there it's just sort of a, a collective food drinking arts space that uh it's equal i have never seen it's may 30th 2012 and I got breakfast. People that I, I knew, like, you know, my friends, like, were just sitting there at the bar, and uh, two seats over, my friend Drew was uh, being being Drew. Uh, he's a really charismatic fellow, uh, also a very drunk person. <laughs> it's very, like, it was, like, 10 in the morning, and he was, he was drunk. And uh, I'd had a beer with breakfast, and I ordered a shot for myself, and Drew just goes, Make that too! on his tab. He was kind of an asshole, but in this great, great way. And I looked back at the bartender and I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, go for it, yeah. It's funny, too, I remember, like, we had been really worried about Drew in terms of how much he'd been drinking and how much he'd been doing this and how much he'd been doing that, and uh, he kind of guilted me in doing this, and, you know, but I can't say no to the guy. And, you know, I, but I don't feel good about contributing to that, you know, like, his... His health seemed in decline. Then uh, we went to practice, and uh, God, it was like 15 minutes into practice. We like, just got there. He got a call. Like, Nick was still setting up, and uh, <clears throat> we got a call from. He got a call from his boss, saying that uh, Len, the bartender, had been shot. And then we're like, God, I hope everything's okay. Jesus. Oh my God, like someone tried to rob Cafe Racer and uh, I started getting these texts from people, like people who knew nothing about Cafe Racer other than the fact that I hung out there and uh, like, like, are you okay? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? And it, it was all over the TV. If you're just joining us, want to let you know about this breaking news that is happening right now. A shooting with multiple victims at this area in the Ravenna area, really close to Ravenna Park. Somebody uh, had texted me that someone had died. And the, that was kind of this moment where the bottom dropped out. And so we're just kind of like driving over there in shock. So we got there and the whole place is caution tape all of those people that I had just seen were dead. 
they were shot and the first thing Ben said to me was that someone came in and shot Drew and Joe in the face and they were dead like my, my knees buckled and I fell to the ground and at the same time there's this like voice above my head just being like you are mourning now this is it was like really it was just a, it's very strange it's a very strange experience to be told something like that the really the the really strangest thing, um, excuse me, uh, I had like a thousand people that needed to know what had just happened. Like, I didn't feel like I could do it. I didn't feel like it was my place. I didn't feel like it was this, it was this weird. It was like, well, I can't tell anyone that people just died. I'm not allowed to do that. friend Gus who's in two bands and his best friends in the world were Tr Joe and Drew you know we had to tell him that his two best friends had just been murdered and uh, so then we all started congregating at Nick's house because he lived right across the street and trickling people just kept trickling in you know and Rainier started showing up and it was like this kind of like weird acknowledgement that like you know that's what Drew drank, you know, he drank Rainier. So it was like, we weren't just getting drunk because we're a bunch of fucking drunks and we're sad and we're going to get drunk because we're drunk because that was going to happen no matter what. But it was also already this like memorialization of what had happened. People who were just friends of people who were friends of people who were friends of people just started showing up and all of a sudden like the city like that entire block was just swarmed and hundreds of people and uh, kind of my favorite part of the way that we reacted to the whole thing is like the media was on it like that news trucks were there like just in a flash and there were like just photojournalists just walking around trying to find that that perfect shot of grief. This guy with his gigantic lens just like posts up on one knee and it's just like taking a picture of like Gus learning that his friends had just been murdered. And I just, <laughs> I, gra I grabbed a huge handful of cat food cause it was like the closest thing I had to me. And it was like, I just like reach for something. If it had been a pot, if it had been a rock or whatever, I would have gotten thrown at this guy. But instead it was just a big handful of dry cat food. And I just like, Launched was like, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> Launched a handful of cat food at him, <laughs> but then Gus immediately stood up and like his tears just like turned to rage, and he just rushed at this guy, and like we all like kind of grabbed him so he couldn't like tackle this guy. He was trying to take photos of his pain. It was it was it was it was absurd. It was absurd. It was an absurd situation, and so then, you know, flash forward hundreds of people later. You know, all the crazy, amazing musicians and weirdos that have been associated with Drew and Joe for so many years were at this, you know, impromptu wake. And, uh, you know, I, I saw Nick out in the street, you know, my best friend. He was just standing in the middle of the road by himself and he was just staring at Cafe Racer. I just walked up behind him and put my arm around him. 
And then just just watch this man watch everything he loved crumble. A couple minutes later, I realized that I looked behind us and everyone else started standing behind us and everyone was just quiet. That's when they rolled the bodies out. And uh, I'll never forget like the quiet of that moment just with my arm around my friend and just this feeling of apocalypse. Um, from that point, uh, there was, uh, just, I only, I could describe it as like a New Orleans jazz funeral, uh, just people with acoustic instruments and drums and beautiful, beautiful music, uh, horns. And it just went on until all hours of the night. I, I blacked out from drinking somewhere around two or three and I, uh, that a week later went to a cafe racer to, I mean, they demolished the bar. They cut holes out of the walls, like to erase every trace of this, this horrible thing that had happened. And, uh, I went in to help clean and the bottle and had all the bottles from the bar stacked. So, this is a uh, Jim Beam Devil's Cut 90 proof Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey and this is the bottle that I bought Drew his last shot from and uh, it was there when I went to clean it up and uh, um, I drink a little bit out of it every May 30th it was important to me that I keep this with the last bit left in it, but, uh, yeah. Did you feel lucky that he'd convinced you to take a shot with him? Yeah, absolutely. I have, and I feel lucky that I acquiesced. I feel lucky that I, um, gave in to that peer pressure at that moment. Yeah. (laughs) I, uh, you know, it's kind of a bizarre, fucked up honor to, uh, have bought him his last shot it's funny too it's like it's called devil's cut and it's like for all intents and purposes I'm a bartender I'm kind of a snob when it comes to booze it's not that great of a a liquor but there's a heavy handed irony in that the devil's cut is a play on words the uh, amount of alcohol that evaporates from a barrel as it ages is called the angel's chair and the amount that stays in the wood of the barrel is called the devil's cut. And if you knew Drew, there's sort of a poetic irony to the idea that uh, the last thing that he would have would be something associated with uh, the devil's share. I can't think of a more aptly titled (laughs) drink. Is there anything that would make you just take the whole shot? I was thinking about doing it today, actually thinking about doing it after this was over 
kind of tired of all this and you know I've never really had a chance to tell it like this to anyone from my own perspective you know it's been carrying it around for four years and something you carry around for four years is sort of like homage in one sense and it's memorial in another sense but the thing about a funeral is it has to end at some point you have to move on with your life So we want to thank Johnny for being generous enough to share this story with us. We know that it was difficult for him, and we just really appreciate him sitting down and being so candid. Yeah, thank you, Johnny. And we want to thank Patrick Flynn. Who is your husband. He is my husband. He scored the episode today. Yeah. Thanks, Pat. You did a good job, and you made me cry. (laughs) Everything makes (laughs) you cry. That's true. Pokemon movie made me cry. The first one. I didn't even know there was a Pokemon movie. Oh, yeah. I had to take my little cousins to it. <laughs> Your little cousins. Yeah. And they were like crawling around on the ground. Like I was like just trying to wrangle them. But then also at the same time, this movie is strangely emotional. The main character like dies and the little Pokemon Pikachu gets on top of him and gets and it's like, Pikachu! Like zaps him back to life. I feel like I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Warren for telling that story that he just told. Also, thanks to KNKX for lending us your studio to record this interview. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on iTunes. Helps a lot. If you like us, tell people. It helps also. (laughs) But if you have a story you think we should look into, uh, we're always looking for new leads and scoops. Uh, Please hit us up at hit us up. I don't say that. Please email us at personaleffectspodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash personaleffectspodcast. Or you can tweet us at pfxpodcast. We're going to be back Monday after next, so till next time. Sayonara, suckers. Sayonara, suckers.